gospel services to children and their families. Learn more at unicef.org forward slash Ukraine forward slash EN. For over 50 years, Help PL Veterans has utilized recycled materials to create, manufacture, and distribute art therapy kits that help vets deal with pain management, PTSD, anxiety, depression, and many other challenges. Our kits help veterans find sustainable wellness in their lives. We are proud to help those who served our country. Our mission is to help our veterans. To learn more, go to HealVets.org. That's HealVets.org. Sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. Farming is dangerous. There's dangers all around us. We go through safety training and try and do these things to make sure accidents don't happen. You don't want to hit a gas pipe because that's your life. The other part of it is if you hit certain things, you're liable for it. Farm Safe 811 starts with you. Always call 811 and wait for any underground lines to be marked. Always keep safety in the back of your mind. Just stay humble. For more information, go to farmsafe811.org. This is Neil Everett from SportsCenter. When I'm in Eugene, I listen to Quack Smack. And you better, too. KWVA Eugene 88.1 FM. Go Ducks, Quack! When naming uh, popular figures in, uh, in, in the KWVA archives, Neil Everett is, is number 1A, and then number 1B is our guest, don't, Ryan Milano. Don't do, don't do this. You knew it was coming. I think it was, I think it was a perfect segue. Uh, welcome back, bud. It's, it's good to be here. Um, it's been a long time. Uh, what station are we on again? KWVA Eugene 88.1. Go Docs Quack. Uh, thanks for the reminder. I yeah, of course. Um, how are you? I'm Update us on your uh, your haps. Uh, I'm good. I am over at the Oregon Sports Network doing true. a bunch of things over there. Very uh, true. Probably heard me on Duck Insider this this Monday. Uh, I didn't. It's you didn't I heard Knight's bird calls. <laughs> <laughs> I did have Knight come on. He did do bird calls. I thought that that was a very fun segment. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to No Context KWVA. <laughs> Shout out to No Context KWVA. Um, really who, good account, by the way. Yeah, is just. Taking, we don't know who runs it. Taking random pictures of me and then yeah, that one is kind of crazy. That I mean, I mean, some of the posts are are fine, but then do you know who runs it? I, I you no, know, don't say it. I, I'm just asking if you know who runs it. I, I can neither confirm or deny. That okay, I yeah, I would, I would, I would never even confirm. That. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, things are good. Uh, preparing for baseball season, you know, been in the weeds with that. We ship out on Thursday, first game on Friday, so I'm I'm fired up. Have you gotten to see my favorite person at all? Dylan. Dylan McShane. Yeah. I have gotten to see him at practice. Good. Good. Thanks for being here. <laughs> That's the whole interview. <laughs> um, where do you want to start? What is this interview? Am I, I, am I interviewing you? No. Like, I, I did this to Jared last week. Like, what are – if you had to, in one Ryan Milano sentence, which is, is going to be a long one, how would you describe – How many commas can I – As many as you want. Oxford comma doesn't exist. Um – how would you describe this team? How would you describe the way you feel about this team going into week one? I'll give you one word, excitement. 
is, is what I feel. It's um, a good word. I, I don't want to be limited to one sentence here. I'm trying to figure out a way to formulate my thoughts into one sentence, and I, I just can't do it. Um, but I think that my overall synopsis of this team is obviously the offense has been incredible under Mark Wazlikowski and has continued to grow year after year after year. But Oregon lost a lot of production last year, and it, it's about 75% of their production in their offensive lineup. And so how is Oregon going to replace that? There's a lot of transfers, in particular in the outfield, Jessica Sella, Jeffrey Hurd, those are names that I'm looking shout for. Shout out San Jose Zone, Jeffrey Hurd. Shout out. Um, shout out for you. I'm not, right. I don't have no affiliation to, to San Jose, but shout sure. out for you. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to see that along with the middle infield. I, I, I think that the corners of the infield are pretty solidified. Waz basically came out on Monday and said as much, where uh, Drew Smith uh, at third and Jacob Walsh at first with Bennett Thompson behind the dish. And So that's a bit of what you're looking at on the offensive side of things. But up the middle – in, on the middle of the infield is something I'm really looking forward to, and then how the outfield is going to work out. And then I think that this year is going to be a much improved pitching staff. Last year was a lot of injuries, but I think that this year's pitching staff, a whole lot of transfers, a lot of JUCO guys, a whole lot of highly touted freshmen, and then a lot of returners, and a few of which that are coming back from injury. So I, I really think that this team is going to be more stable than last year at the pitching staff. At least that's the uh, expectation coming in based on the certain current circumstances. And I think that the offense, if they can replicate what happened last year, then the sky's the limit. And I think with the pitching, that was not one sentence. No, it was that was, was significantly more than significantly I'll give more you than credit one for one sentence. I I said one word to begin with. Right. So you 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 were close. Um, I think specifically <laughs> with the the pitching, like. You're you're completely right. I I am as high as you are as the pit on the pitching staff. I think um, Kevin Sider, the Quinnipiac transfer, is going to be really good. Um, really like listening to that guy talk too. He, really, he he was in front of the media on Monday. Yeah, uh, full interview on GoDucks.com. He, he was articulate. He said a lot of things so that you get in Quinnipiac. gave me new perspective yeah. uh, on the team, and, and I I thought that he really represented himself. In incredibly well, and it gave me a lot of insight into how he's been working uh, throughout this offseason. And I, I think with the pitching, like, Kevin Sider is going to be the Friday guy. We, we can basically pre- pencil him in there. We can basically pencil in Grayson Grinsel for one of the weekend spots. Like, this is the most, com- more or less, this is the most confident I felt about an Oregon starting rotation I- since I've been here. And obviously that isn't accounting for um, the year before my freshman year with Robbie Alstrom and, and Colin Kafka and the other guy who's Brett 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 Walker. Walker. I was gonna say Brett Thomas, but I think he works in Oregon baseball in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, coaches. I think this is. I'm the most glad you mentioned Colin Kafka. He I love. He him. often gets forgotten, and he was my favorite member of that Same. rotation. Um, back to the main point. I, this is the most confident I felt about a pitching rotation, at least in terms of the starting staff, in a while. Um, I like what Cider brings, just because I fully believe that there's a lot of value in like a guy that's experienced at the top of your rotation. I think they were going to get that with Isaac Aon before his injury, but I think they're getting it with Kevin Sider. And, and, and what's also and important for, for Sider is that he at Quinnipiac has improved every single yep. year. And and <clears> so <throat> it, it there was continued momentum, and now he's coming in uh, to this to this rotation. Uh, I do think that with the rotation, it's a little bit less solidified than, than you might think. And, uh, well, 
coming into this season, there, there's a whole lot of options that, that I think could appear in the rotation. And I, I'm not sure that anyone's really locked down a rotation spot. And, and Waz kind of said that like, he's not necessarily sure if there's this bona fide Friday guy that can, can walk out there and, and shut down an opposing team. And that's something that you're going to have to find throughout the course of the season. But I, I, I'm not necessarily sure if it's going to be uh, – R.J. Gordon, or if it's going to be Grayson Grinsel, if it's going to be Toronto Spoljeric, there's, there's a whole lot of, of arms that can throw pretty significant innings for the Ducks, and I think that's a really good thing, especially obviously with baseball when you have your midweeks and you can have that depth in your pitching staff or you can bring guys out of the bullpen. What Oregon did a lot in 2022, how they utilized R.J. Gordon, is they utilized him in three different ways, where they utilized him in the beginning of the season strictly out of the bullpen, and then they utilized him as a starter. And his ERA was great out of the bullpen, or it was pretty good out of the bullpen, uh, plummeted as a starter, and then he got moved as an opener. Well, he had, there was uh, Christian Schifatelli out in front of him as an opener. Oh, he was so good that year. And once RJ came in after Christian Schifatelli, RJ's ERA was about sub two as an opener that year. So it, it, there's a lot of different moving pieces that you can utilize, and I, I think that the new addition of Coke Chalksworth is really important as well, where he has really leaned in to the – analytical side of the pitching staff a little bit more than than coach Angier did and that's been one thing that Oregon and Waz and all the players have raved about with with coach Hawksworth is how much he leans in uh, to the technology side of pitching I think that Oregon is going to maximize what the analytics are going to say on, on the pitching side of things in, in particular and they have a lot of options that they're going to be able to utilize in a lot of creative ways what are your thoughts on the bullpen my favorite player on this team, by the way, already is Michael Friend, who I think I've like mentioned to you. You have passing. mentioned. I think he's awesome. Have you seen him pitch? I have not seen him pitch. He is awesome. I'm looking forward to he seeing him awesome. pitch. He is awesome. He's this little, like, because he's only, like, 5'10", but he gets up to, like, 93, 94. Yeah, and these Umpqua Community College guys. Yeah, just right, exactly. Him Jace, and Austin Anderson coming in. Jay Stoffel, right? I mean, all of them. They, they keep coming in. and they, Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a nice little pipeline. Right. Uh, the bullpen is really the biggest question mark for me. It's it's the thing that I know the least about, and it's going to be something that we're going to figure out when Oregon needs to rely on the back end of that bullpen. Was throughout a whole bunch of different options for who could come out of the bullpen, and the, there's a whole bunch of trusted guys that haven't been a part of this Oregon team in years past that are coming in and have earned respect throughout fall camp and now through spring as the scrimmages have continued to move on. So I think there's a lot of different names that you can look at throughout the bullpen but I don't necessarily know if there is a solidified guy but was said on Monday that he believes in solidified roles especially coming out of the pen he believes in a guy expecting that he's going to come out as a closer a guy expecting he's going to come out as a setup man and I think that Oregon has a lot of candidates to come in and replace uh, what was brought last season at the back end of that bullpen with Matt Dallas at, at that back end and, and uh, Josh Molaris. It's, we continue to move forward, but I think that there's a lot of different options and Oregon's going to continue to work through that as we move through non-conference. And I think that someone's going to come out and snatch that job. Do you have a prediction? Do you have a guess? Are you not allowed to say? I mean, I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm looking forward to the competition. I am too. I think it's going to be, I think that's the, the, the plus side about like the the portal and, and all that jazz. Like guys like Michael Friend, guys like Brock Moore, guys like Bradley Mullen, who I've I've heard a lot of good things about, the Gonzaga transfer, who I think is gonna be a, a really good piece. Um but even someone like like I think it would be a fun role for like Logan Mercado with his energy, um, to, to be able to finish games. 
No, no. I, I yeah. think that all of those guys are probably going to be you. key pieces of the uh, bullpen. I appreciate it. A guy like Toby Twist is someone yeah. that I've heard a lot of Springfield Drifters about. legend, Toby Twist. Uh, what's your outlook for this weekend? What are, what are, what do, how do you think the weekend's going to go? What do you think, um, what does the Ducks competition look like, I think I should say? Yeah, three pretty difficult teams. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, game's going to be played in Arlington. So, uh, down in Big 12 country, playing three Big 12 teams, Oklahoma, Baylor, Texas Tech. All of them are pretty good. All of them have had success in recent years. Uh, Oklahoma had a little bit of a down year last year after making it to the College World Series uh, uh, two years ago. So, uh, it, seeing what's going to come out of that team is going to be very interesting. Texas Tech opens the season ranked inside of the top 25. It, there's going to be difficult opponents on the schedule. It is going to be a battle. And for a team like Oregon that made a Super Regional last year, this is how you want to kick off your season. Waz talked about, has talked at nauseum about the opportunity to be invited to these tournaments and be able to test yourself in the non-conference. And I think Oregon's reveling at the opportunity that they're going to be able to get to play in what is almost like a regional or super regional atmosphere on the road where you're going to be in a hostile environment against three highly talented teams. And how are you going to compete? Obviously, there's a lot of season to play between opening day and between postseason, but this is going to be a a really good test to sort of dive in head first and say, okay, we're in the season now and, and, and it's a hostile environment. I want to talk a little bit more about some of the young guys in the lineup. Not the the freshman young guys, but the guys that uh, maybe were freshmen, sophomore the last couple of years. Specifically Bennett Thompson, who had an awesome late last season, kind of an awesome breakout. Was good the whole year and then really turned it on as the season went on. Carter Garotti is someone that I'm really high on. I think he might be the best defender in, in, in the conference. Like I'm, I'm that high on him, both watching him play live and, and just hearing about him. And then like Drew Smith is is awesome. I think those are going to be the, the foundational pieces. Um, just talk a little bit about the, 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 the kind of proven names in the lineup, the young proven names, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're talking names and someone we haven't talked about, I'm sure you're going to get to him as Jacob Walsh. I think yeah. that if we're talking lineup, I think that Jacob Walsh is where you have to start regardless. Um, and so him coming back, his junior season, he's he's a leader of this team. And I've only heard good things about Jacob Walsh coming out. Uh, and Drew Smith is someone that... Coach Wojciechowski talked about this with those three specifically of Walsh, uh, Thompson, and Smith, uh, where those three were starters at the end of the year last year. They earned this run with Oregon, and they've earned their way into the starting lineup this year. And those are three guys that ended the season all incredibly hot at the plate. And and I expect for them to continue, and, and hopefully they will. Uh, for a guy like Carter Garotti, there there is some competition there. There's a lot of competition in the middle infield with Carter Garotti, Maddox Maloney, uh, you got Jack Brooks in the mix, you have Ryan Cooney in the mix. Those are all the guys that have kind of been circulating around in the middle infield, and there's a whole lot of competition, and, and Waz has said good things about every single one of them and the competition level that they continue to bring. But Waz basically said, and he said this on the Odds and Audibles podcast with Jared Mack, someone you referenced earlier in this interview, yes. uh, he said that he wanted to bring <clears throat> in where Oregon had holes. Either uh, He wanted to bring in one high school guy and one transfer guy to compete for the position, and well, pretty much everywhere you've got a high school guy or a transfer competing for positions with someone who was on the team last year, Jack Brooks registered last year, Carter Garotti, uh, had a season, a good season before, as Waz called it, was a little bit Wally pipped by Drew Cali due to yep. an injury. And he's coming in, and well, both those guys are competing in the middle infield with two freshmen. And so I, I think that that's something that I'm going to look at is that battle in the middle infield and how these young guns are really going to take hold of that job at both second base and shortstop. Feel like you want to talk about? I want to hear you talk about Jacob Walsh. Can you just like rave about Jacob Walsh? I really like Jacob Walsh. Um, I, like I, I do. It's a good I, take. 
<laughs> it's hard not to like Jacob Walsh. I, he finished the season so strong last year, and Waz was talking about – he was asked uh, a few weeks back about Jacob Walsh and how he's going to improve on what was kind of inferred to be a down season last year. And, and Waz retorted, and he said, well – he had 16 home runs. If you extrapolate out to 162 game season, that would be 42 home right. runs at the major league level. Like, yeah, you're asking a guy who who would have hit 42 home runs, and if, if it was a major league season, oh, how are you going to get better? How are you how are you going to be Aaron Judge? And and for a guy that had so much hype around him, like Jacob Walsh, I mean, the expectation is incredibly high. It's hard to live up to it. And Walsh has been living up to it. You come in, you're freshman All-American, you come in the next year, and you're one shy of the previous home run record. And if it wasn't for Sabine Ceballos, he would be number two or tied for number two with Drew Cowley all time at, at that leaderboard. I love Sabine Ceballos. Yeah, and it's going to be really interesting to see how Drew Smith replaces him over at third base. But I, I really think that this Oregon team uh, has Jacob Walsh as, as really the leader right now coming in. Um, and – there are so many leaders. I don't want to single out Jacob Walsh because what's been said the whole time is that this is a player-led team and there are so many different pieces uh, that continue to step up. But for a guy like Jacob Walsh that has been a key piece in the lineup for the last three years, he's the person that Oregon fans know, and, right. and he's going to be someone at first base that you're expecting a big, powerful bat from, and I think that's, that he's going to bring that to the table. I, I think it's it's easy to kind of single him out as the leader of the team, though, because he's he is the only guy that, that really – got that playing time two years ago on this Oregon team where I, it felt like it was kind of the... Yeah, he's the only three-year starter offensively. Right. And it's it, it says a lot. And he he's a vocal leader. He's someone who is kind of like literally like the face of the team. Like he will be on the billboards. He's he's all over the place. He's an awesome guy to, to follow, an easy guy to root for. Um, you talk about big power about at first base, Dom Hellman. He's got that big 6'6 frame. He's got the power. Talk to me about Dom Hellman. I have heard great things yeah. about Dom Hellman. Uh, I was able to go and watch a scrimmage. Um, he looks awesome. And I, I mean, yeah, I, the way that the ball flies off that yeah. guy's bat, uh, exit velo like I've never seen. Uh, so, yeah, if he gets barreled to barrel the ball, I, I think just about every time he does, it might be a home run. So, I, actually, I, uh, I, I heard. Uh, Jeffrey Hurd. I was talking with Jeffrey Hurd a few days ago. You, you heard the Hurd? Yeah, I heard. We were having a conversation, yeah, yeah. so I heard actually everything. Good. Yeah. Um, no, but Jeffrey Hurd was talking about it. He was playing in the outfield, and, and uh, Dom hit a ball, and it was just like a line drive that he thought was going to go right into uh, the left fielder's glove. And it just kept going and Pew. going and going, and, and then it hit the scoreboard. <laughs> oh, like, wow. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, this guy's got a lot of pop. Yeah, he's uh, he's really good. I'm a big Dom Hellman fan. I was last year too, and I thought he was he was kind of Wally pipped a little bit in his own right. Like he he got hurt. He was hurt. Yeah, um, which is the case with Wally Pip. He got hurt, and Lou Gehrig, you know, replaced him. But <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so is that how I should talk about all these guys in my broadcast? It, they, they were Wally. They were all Wally. Carter Grotti, Wally Pip. Well, Drew that Smith, I can Wall say because yeah, Waz actually yes. said it. <laughs> <Waz> <laughs> Michael Friend, Wally Pip, all the way to Umpqua Community College. No, uh, that, that's not how I'm going to be. <laughs> good. Uh, anything else you want to tell us? Um, anything specific you feel like we should know? I think that you guys should know that this team is going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, 
I am going to have a whole lot of fun. You are. We're very proud of you. Um, I know that you guys are having a whole lot of fun. Um, it's just going to be a whole lot of fun. Where uh, where can we find your work and such? Find me on the Oregon Sports Network. You can find me on OSN uh, Live Go Ducks Audio. There are links. What's the uh, what's the what's the actual radio tag? There. Are you on Oregon Sports Network from Learfield? I mean, there's a whole bunch of different affiliates out there. Oh, okay, so I got it. I can't. Do you know the Eugene one? one? I I okay. don't, but there's okay. I will in a second. Yeah. Um, but there are a whole bunch of different. I did learn this there. recently. I did think it was just uh, one. we're on we're on 590 AM in Eugene. Cool. I have been wondering that actually, and I realized I could have looked it up and or texted you, but you should have done both. Should have, didn't. Cool. Parting message. Keep killing it. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Good to see you. Likewise. That was Ryan Milano from OSN, <laughs> who's still here. It's not like when we're when we're on the phone where we can just like turn Get it off. Of no, this is this is awkward because you're still here. Yes, you should have worked on your sort of break. Should have what? You should have worked on your sort of break. It's a different medium. Well, we're gonna step aside when we come back. We're talking Oregon basketball. I'm excited for it. Cool. I, I'm actually going to leave, so I won't be here. But have a good one. I'm excited for you guys to do it. See you on the other side on 881. KWVA. KWVA. More American Indians live in poverty than 